0: Better than this, guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Wednesday episode of the show. Kyle, it's SEC day here on Draft Dudes. What's up, man?
1: Speaking of the SEC, did you happen to see EA Sports and Madden? Some of their uh, rookie rankings came out. Oh, no. Yes, uh, their, their player ratings. Um, I don't know if you saw this. Kyle Pitts is the highest-rated rookie in the class. He's an 81 overall out of 100, which is really okay. good for the, the new standard in Madden. Trevor Lawrence, not an SEC player, uh, is number two at 78. Uh, there are two rookies that are 76 overalls which is the third and fourth highest rookies in the entire class, both SEC players. Do you have any guess on who they are?
0: Um, yeah, of course I'm going to have some guesses here, and I'm going to go with Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle.
1: Uh, you got one out of two right, and your second one's the one that's correct. Waddle. EA Sports gave Waddle a higher rookie grade than Jamar Chase.
0: Which would Makes sense to me because I had him as a higher rated prospect on my draft board. So,
1: likewise, <laughs> that's my fantasy wide receiver for you. There you go, Chris. Uh, Chase was a 75. By so, me. who's
0: the other 76?
1: Patrick Sertain. Okay. So, uh, and, and then Zach Wilson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Panay Sewell are all 75s. Trey Lance, Justin Fields are 74s.
0: Madden season is upon us. I it, will continue it, to not play it.
1: It is. And one of these days, I'm going to buy you a console. So you're not going to have a choice.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't. I just I can't imagine it being part of my day. I
1: just can't. But what if we did it with well, draft dudes, though? Well, Joe has to get a console for the new college football game that's coming out in a couple of years. So Correct. Well, when push comes to shove, he's going to get one because we're going to do a know, dude's guys. league. No, we're doing a dude's league and it's a it's lock. work. I'm already locked in. It's a work.
0: Okay, if it counts towards work, that's fine. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna be carving it into my leisure time.
1: We'll have to talk to Paige and see if we- <laughs> if
0: it's work, If it's like part of like if because I schedule writing blocks, I schedule, I schedule film blocks in my day every day. If it's gonna be part of that, that's fine. But it's yeah, not 90,
1: be like, ninety minutes for college, yeah. NCAA college hey. football, twenty twenty six. That's fine, but it's
0: not going to be like 10.30 when my wife and daughter are asleep. I'm going to fire up the sticks and play some Madden. it's not going to happen.
1: I like the fact that you refer to them as the sticks. The sticks. Hey, listen, I pay attention
0: a little bit from time to time here. All right, so hopefully you've been paying attention to what we're doing here on the podcast. On Monday, we did the ACC. Tuesday, we did the Big Ten. And today is the SEC as we know it for now, right? No Oklahoma, no Texas. This is the, the SEC that is more traditional and so Kyle for the Big Ten you handle the responsibilities there I took the ACC yep. you know we're gonna have Jordan Reed on who does Big 12 we'll have Dre who does Pac-12 the rest of the week but as a team we have divided up the SEC and so maybe you can set the table here as uh, as we get into these players
1: sure so we got a top 10 um the nice thing about this is well, for me personally, only one of these guys is a guy that I truly had as as one of the teams in the SEC in my assignment region. Uh, we split the SEC amongst all of us, so we're guaranteeing everybody is watching that conference with all the talent that comes out of it. Uh, but the player who's coming in at number ten for us is a household name. Uh, there is some fanfare that this could be a first round type player. He he does not have that stature with our group, uh, but. I will be the first to tell you, and I'm sure Joe would agree, that he has every physical skill set needed to be the top wide receiver drafted in the NFL draft. Uh, As far as his traits and tools, we're talking about Georgia wide receiver George Pickens. Uh, Pickens uh, tore his ACL in spring ball. So his availability for the upcoming season is something of a question, which is why he's all the way down here at number 10. Uh, But you watch Pickens play, and it's like he stacks guys vertically. He attacks the ball in the air. He's really aggressive. He has that prototypical quote-unquote X receiver possession, high-volume, Uh, He really moves the needle in the passing game. And JT Daniels loved him because JT Daniels came in and started four games for for Georgia. And all he did was just throw George Pickens the ball. He said, listen, I'm going to throw it above the rim. I'm going to throw it back shoulder. I'm going to throw it down the field and trust you to outrun guys and stack them vertically. And Pickens did. Uh, He had one game where he had like 230 receiving yards. Uh, he, He was, in large part, unstoppable for stretches of play because he had a quarterback that was willing to just let him go get the ball uh but for him he is a little bit raw as a route runner right you want to see him get a little bit more defined and developed in that regard in the game and he has a torn ACL where we don't know how much we're going to see of him we don't know if he's going to end up declaring or playing at all this season so there's some unknowns with George Pickens, and that is why he's coming in at number ten on our list.
0: Yeah, exciting f- thing for me about Pickens is getting him somewhere where he's got chemistry and timing with the quarterback, mm-hmm. and I think, I think once that happens, the production becomes even more exciting. And he he bailed those quarterbacks out quite a bit. So right. there, there's some untapped potential here, and I think he's one of the few guys that I trust to be a true X uh, type receiver. At number nine. We have Alabama tight end Jaleel Billingsley. And this is definitely projection based uh, because Billingsley so far through two seasons has 20 career catches on 23 targets. But when you watch him play,
1: oh my goodness, you
0: see really special skills. Fluid, explosive, unbelievable with the ball in his hands. The ball skills are there. Love how naturally he catches the football and just – it's like the way he catches it in stride, it's just – it's natural. That's the word. He's just very natural. And so 6'4", 230 pounds will probably add some weight, certainly can. To me, he's one of these X-factor type weapons that an NFL offense can line up all over the place and have a mismatch type weapon. And no, he's not the biggest, but he still does play in line, and hes he gives a real honest effort as a blocker. And I think that he – can hold his own at least as a move blocker or insert type blocker. Line him off, detach from the formation. He'll hit, he'll hit blocks in space. Very useful, versatile weapon. That I think with you know so many receivers that left Alabama, I think he's going to claim a big time role. He'll be a big riser, and so uh, one of my favorite preseason studies. And kind O'Kyle of liked them as well. I think yep. he has a chance to really make some noise this year.
1: For sure, uh, number eight. We are staying in. Tuscaloosa linebacker Christian Harris uh, really stood out last year when he was playing next to Dylan Moses. The difference between the two players was eye-opening And it seems like Alabama does this with a fair amount of consistency, right? It's like, oh, the guy who's Next, it's like what the USC wide receivers used to be. You remember yep. when it was like Robert Woods and Marquise Lee, and it was like, oh, the guy who's not eligible is better than the guy who is. Yep. But this past year, it was really true with Dylan Moses and Christian Harris, as far as watching the explosiveness that Christian Harris had, and you watched him in coverage. Uh, As far as being able to turn and run and then the SEC championship game, trying to carry Kyle Pitts up the middle of the field. And Pitts hit him with kind of that like Euro stutter on the one uh, before he got over top of him. But they came back and they ran that very same route again the next play. And Harris went with him stride for stride. So the fact that he's got that level of athleticism, the fact that he has the disruptive ability that he does because of how explosive he is and how quick he is to trigger into the line of scrimmage and and trigger when he's a pressure player. Uh, I think much to the same degree that Jaleel Billingsley is a projection ranking based on his physical tools. I look at Christian Harrison and I see zero question that he has every physical skill necessary to be a three-down linebacker at the next level. Does he need to get a little bit quicker with his processor at times? Yes. And that experience from last year will be really valuable in him showing that he can take that next step. Now, if we get to the end of the road this year, and Christian Harris still has some of the same issues as far as consistency Mm -hmm. with his reads and keys, we'll have that conversation. But right here, right now, I'm looking at the guy who can turn and run and carry tight ends up the scene, who can be an attack player on third down as a pressure player, who has sideline to sideline range and will smack the taste out of your mouth if he catches you flush. All of those things are things that you really like about Christian Harris, and it's enough for us to put him in the early day two conversations things currently stand.
0: Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, Kyle, we're back up with another weapon here in the passing game. Number seven, Traylon Burks, wide receiver from Arkansas. This guy's big, six foot three, two hundred and thirty-two pounds. And Arkansas likes to get him the football. And that includes in a variety of ways. You know, they love to give him the ball over the middle of the field on those uh kind of quick slant routes and get him going in the RPO game in terms of that option to throw the football to. And he yeah. you know, positions himself really, really well and shields guys out and catches the football and, and moves the sticks. And, you know, it's not that that's all he does, because for the last two seasons at Arkansas, he's averaged over 16 yards per reception. So he could can, he can create a little bit for himself after the catch with his physicality and size and athleticism. And he's got some ball skills down the field to work with. Um, but it, it's he's, he's such an enigma because you don't necessarily see this level of versatile utilization from a guy that's 6'3", 232. I mean, this guy has opportunities to return kicks for Arkansas. That speaks to the caliber of playmaker that he is. So he's a player that I think it's fair to have some questions about whether or not or – what what his role is going to be in the NFL. But when I think about the Shanahan's and the McVeigh's and all the disciples that have come from those two guys – I think they're going to like to have a player like this in their offense. And so Arkansas likes to get him the football. He's a versatile player. He's an X-factor. He has size, athleticism, ball skills. And um, he'll have plenty of production this year for the Razorbacks.
1: What do you think of LaVisca Chenault as a comp? <laughs> I think LaVisca had better <laughs> on-field athleticism.
0: I would say so, yeah.
1: Uh, we'll never truly know because he ran at not 100% and ran like 4.65. <laughs> so...
0: Yeah. I I hear you on that. They're they seem a little bit different, but I, I I respect the spirit of what you were going with with that uh with that name drop.
1: Number six. We're back to Tuscaloosa for the third name and uh the last four names revealed. John Mechie the third, uh the next in line wide receiver uh for the Alabama Crimson Tide. and uh, he took over a lot of that Jalen Waddle vertical component down the field. Uh, once Waddle went down, and you saw his speed, you saw his ability to stretch the field vertically and and win and run off coverage. And that was a big thing that Alabama did with Devonte Smith, as they moved them all over to keep him in the early progression. And they used the speed of Mechie or Waddle in a lot of instances when Waddle was on the field as a threat and as a tool to manipulate whatever coverage they were going to get to help stretch and and create those intermediate throwing windows. So, but you watch Mechie play and the way he tracks the ball, the way he addresses it down the field, everything's my only complaint is that when he has separation and that ball's hung up there a little bit, he leaves the window open for defenders to come back into his frame, back into the catch radius, and disrupt the catch. But he gets massive separation when he's attacking you vertically down the field. And it's like, okay, either get get that ball out three yards in front of him instead of two yards behind where it would be in stride, where you force him to come back and adjust to it, but keep running him down the field, and he he's gonna be an impact player. He just might not necessarily be a volume receiver. So uh Mechie for me as a field stretcher is really exciting. And knowing that Devonta Smith's not there and Jalen Waddle's not there, and uh he's he's gonna have presumably a more prominent role as an early progression receiver uh for an offense that did a lot of things under Steve Sarkeesian that use the speed to manipulate the coverage as compared to being the primary target. I think Mechie has an opportunity for a really big boost in, in his workload and target share this year for Alabama.
0: Dude's a dog is a blocker too. Yes. Not, not he, that that's why we draft receivers, but well, that's fun to see.
1: And you watch, you watched him play and like my expectation was he was going to be tiny. Yeah. He's not big, but he's not small either. And it's like when they do stack formations and they run the bubble or whatever, they they do the tunnel screens. And Mechie's the guy they put on the point in the bunch of the stack set. So he's the guy that's got to deal with the press corner. And he beat the crap out of some of yeah. those guys. He's yeah. like running those guys into the sideline five yards down the field. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, this dude's not just a speedster. He's got some dog in him. Yep. So that yep. that's a great call by you to recall that. And remember that about John Mechie because uh, that was the pleasantly surprising layer to his game that I didn't think I was going to get just by watching them casually.
0: At number five, we have Darian Kennard, offensive tackle from Kentucky, six foot five, 345 pounds. I like to call this guy Darian King Kong because if you imagine wow. King Kong as your starting right tackle, I think this is what you're getting in all the best possible ways and all the worst possible ways if you actually inserted King Kong into your starting offensive line. First things first, he's a mauler. He's going to toss people around in the run game. He gets after people. He creates space. He creates vertical push in the run game. There's no doubt about it. He is powerful. And when he's pass blocking, you're not going through him. He's got a firm anchor. Nobody's going through this guy. You better not Try to speed to power him or bull rush him, he's going to make you look silly. He's going to put the clamps on, you're not going anywhere. However, the concerns with him is he moves well for 6'5, 345, but I do think he has some athletic limitations. And so he's not a guy that's super quick footed or uh, is going to work laterally very swiftly. But those issues, I think, are exacerbated because he does have this low hand carriage. And so it elongates his strikes and sometimes he has some challenges connecting with blockers and staying on guys but here's the thing like i think he's been able to just be big and strong so far at kentucky you get the you get the technique side down on this guy and he's going to be he's going to be a stud and he is a stud it's just like when you translate him to the nfl that's where you get some concerns um i want to see the higher hand carriage i want to see him more aggressive with his punch and I maybe want to see him drop weight. I don't. I don't know that he has has to be this big. Right? Like he's got some bad weight on him, and I think that would help him move a little bit more efficiently. So I feel like I didn't say that many glowing things for a guy that we have as the fifth best prospect in the SEC. Uh,
1: he'll punch punch you right in the mouth, and it's just, it, just it really, run right behind him, and it's watch him do work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a delight to watch in that regard, and. and The movement he get, the vertical push he gets off the line of scrimmage is, is, and sometimes you don't need to be totally well rounded to deserve lofty praise. If the one thing that you do is elite, which I would argue with Darian Kennard specifically, his ability to drive and move another man against his will the opposite direction, that's where he wins. Uh, Kair Elam, the corner from Florida, is our number four prospect. In the SEC entering into the 2021 season. Elam, uh, he's the nephew of former Ravens first round pick Matt Elam. So, family ties continuing this week, which we've tried to point out as those opportunities have come up. Uh, he's just under six foot two, 193 pounds. He's big, he's long, he's physical, he's got great ball production. Uh, he has played Joe in 25 career games and has 25 career passes defense. Oh wow. Fair so game. that that ball production, five interceptions, 20 pass deflections, it's exactly what you want to see. You want to play him in my opinion on the line of scrimmage. Let him play press, let him stay leveraged over top of routes uh for that entire five-yard contact window and totally disrupt the timing of the play. Uh, that's where he's at his best. That's where he's at his most assertive. Uh, when he can dictate the play, when he has to react, when he's caught out of position, when he's in the trail and his eyes aren't you know, back to the ball or, or he can't see things coming, that's when you can see he gets a little bit more uncomfortable. But oh, six foot two corners that have super ball skills, uh, ball production, and physicality typically go pretty early, so long as they run well, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the big thing for Kyer Elam is like, go run four four eight. You run four four eight, you're going to be in great shape you run 456 you're probably going to have a little bit of a problem that narrative is going to be developed around your game a little bit so he'll have something to gain but i think if he continues all of his strengths they did play him off a fair bit too and i think if you were going to play uh true like cover 3 shells with him where he's off he's got cushion but he's not doing the half turn stuff he can be pretty effective in zone coverage as well. So I think there is some scheme uh, transcendency here, depending on what your ideology is, but like, either put him on the line and let him play press or put him eight to 10 yards off and let him read everything that's happening in front of him and react to it. Don't put him at four yards and play in a half turn and do bail tech and get the hell out of there and try and run up the field with his eyes in the backfield and his hips flipped up you. No. It's one or the other for him, in my opinion.
0: Kyle, what's your uh, what's your Bilt Bar flavor that you are hooked on
1: right now? Uh, I am trying my absolute best to hang on until my shipment of the Grasshopper cookie comes in.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, Grasshopper cookie no longer available. at Bilt I know, Bar.com, I know. But-,
1: it, but but here's the thing, though, with their their flavors, they bring a they bring them back gorilla style, right? Where it's right. like bang. Right now, for 12 hours only, you can get a grasshopper cookie. Get it while, it, while you can. And then Lemon, it's almond, gone. cheesecake. And then you got to wait another three months for that text yeah. notification to come through. That's, bang, grasshopper cookie's back again. And uh, your heart skips a beat. And they have like eight <laughs> different flavors that they do that with. Yeah. So what was the one holiday one that they had, too? Oh my uh, goodness!
0: The they had the uh, the peppermint brownie. Yes, that's what you're gonna say. Yeah,
1: that one smacks. Please continue telling everybody well, about the fine flavors they currently have in stock.
0: So they always have in stock: coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, and cookies and the cream. The fruit so flavors are good. They are. I'm fruit I'm on an orange kick right now. So. Uh, If you don't know where to start, try the mixed box. You can get two of each of the nine flavors. They're all delicious. They're all healthy for you. If you want to check out Bill Parr's, we have a deal for you. Go to BillParr.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BillParr.com. All right, so number three. We're getting to the top three of the prospects in the SEC entry, the 2021 season. We have Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama. Played right tackle for him last year. My understanding is he's kicking over to left tackle this year. Guy, he's a mountain. Six foot seven, 360 pounds. Facts. Man, and he carries it well, dude. Like, he's big and thick and, like, well-proportioned for 6'7", 360. And he's as powerful as you expect him to be for that big. Right? He moves bodies all over the place. He can create vertical push. He has elite power power. And contact balance in terms of how he's going to roll his hips into guys and move them out of the way. Um, I will say that he's a lot to get around in pass protection six, seven, long arms. He knows how to elongate the path of a pass rusher. With that said, I want to see him get more consistent with his pass sets to be able to set up those roadblocks up the arc and take away the outside hip a little bit more consistently, right? Like, I think he has some issues staying square in pass pro, and that's something that I want to see him develop at. And we'll, it'll be interesting to see how he does at left tackle. But size, length, power, this guy has it in waves. And from, like, he, he's athletic for 360. Like, there's right. no question that he's very, very athletic. It's just about being able to be consistent with his pass sets and footwork to maximize that athleticism when he's working as a pass blocker. So uh, he's been really good at this point. I'm looking for a step here at left tackle and uh, solidifying himself as one of the best tackles in this class this
1: year. Coming in at number two is one of the more fascinating players that I've studied all summer long, and, and thankful that we do the cross checks for the fact that I don't have to wait to watch this player. It's Demarvin Leal, six foot four, two hundred and ninety pounds. I'm just going to call him a defensive lineman. Okay, because sure, that's you do not call him a, a defensive tackle, maybe. But I watched just as many, if not more, reps of him play an end than I did play and tackle. And this dude can do everything. He can do everything up front. You want him to win with power? He can do that. You want him to crash and slant through gaps? He can do that. You want him to release from a two-point stance off the edge? He can do that. You want him to line up, head up on the center? Spoiler alert, he can do that. Uh, He wins against the run. He wins against the pass. Uh, He led the defense in hurries last year. He was a highly productive player. He was all over the place. He was the team's defensive MVP. Uh, he started all 10 games last year, and as a true freshman in 2019, he started seven of the 13 games that he played and was second on the team in hurries, despite only starting half the games his freshman season. So kind of a an odd build type. You look at him and you're like, there's no way this dude is 290. <laughs> and then you see like his full proportions and how much mm-hmm. of his weight is like in his trunk and his, his waist, his butt, his thighs, like all the areas that you, as a scout, like you're looking for, because that's where your power comes from as a player is your core and your lower body. Right. And he is so dense there and it makes you think, okay, first of all, this dude can probably stack another 15, 20 pounds (laughs) on his frame. No problem. No questions asked. But the athleticism that he has, in which he's carrying all this weight, is just really, really enticing, and that's how he ends up at number two on our list. And I'm fascinated to see what he makes of this season because the arrow's pointing up. He's super versatile. He's super dynamic, and uh, he he is an absolute freak as an athlete.
0: All right, number one cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU. Six foot one, 195, took college football by storm as a true freshman in 2019 after being named the number one player in the class by rivals, a consensus five star recruit. You saw the promise right away at LSU. Tape was a little more uneven in 2020, but I still think he played great. He was battling a, a leg injury throughout the entire season. And that secondary, that defense was a lot different, right? A lot of those teammates that he was relying mm-hmm. on. We're not there, right? So he he had a lot on his plate. The the unit struggled as as a whole, but um, you watch the entire body of work and you realize that you have a special prospect here. Uh, I love him in press coverage uh, where he does a really good job of getting his hands on guys at the line of scrimmage, disrupting the timing of their routes, uh, creates jams, really good with his hands, a sturdy base, his sequencing is on point, his balance in press coverage, his footwork. I mean, he is really good at the line of scrimmage. And then he's sticky down the field. Like, he's he's very comfortable. He stays in phase. Um, I like him in man. I like him in zone. I like him when he's on the line of scrimmage. His ball skills are absolutely exceptional. So not only can this guy cover however you want him to and excel at the line of scrimmage, he's going to make game-changing plays on the ball the game literally just slows down for him when the ball's in the air knows how to get himself in position knows how to disrupt knows how to maximize his length and he just picks up the ball very very cleanly really good eyes and um just uh, all the makings everything you're looking for in a high first round pick at corner and a guy that you can think you can envision as a high quality shutdown guy in the NFL so you know maybe can he take a step forward uh, as a tackler and be a little bit more consistent, not leaving his feet as a tackler. Sure. Um, Can he be a little bit tighter on some of those in-breaking routes? Sure. But you're nitpicking to find holes in this guy's game. I think he's a special corner prospect and um, he's, he's building that pedigree and that resume to be a, a high first round pick and he deserves it.
1: And there you have it. The SEC top 10 prospects, according to the Draft Dudes, entering the 2021 college football season. We hope you guys are enjoying this series. We are certainly enjoying putting the final bow on a lot of these prospects. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned. We have two more shows this week. Hit subscribe. Kyle Krabs, Joe and Chris Stewart. Thanks, as always, for listening to Draft Dudes Podcast. Cheers. Have a great rest of your Wednesday.